BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, rucking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here, and on this episode I have with me Tyler Bushman. Um, Tyler, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah, you bet. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Uh, my, as you said, my oh, name is yeah. Tyler Bushman. Um, I am what you would probably call just an everyday Spartan. Um, I don't have any fancy awards. Uh, I just started doing it this last year. And um, I live in, uh, in a little town in Utah, Saratoga Springs, Utah. And um, I'm really a, a weekend warrior when it comes to, uh, to Spartan racing or OCR. Um, I have a family who 15-year-old son and an 11-year-old daughter and have been married for 17 years this year and um, just kind of starting into my journey, uh, my health journey here um, just this last year uh, on and off trying to, to do healthy stuff and to exercise and to to uh, better myself. But really, it's been this last year that, that the spark kind of hit. And um, so, yeah, I'm great, glad to be here and glad to talk to your audience and you. Well, that's awesome. I mean, what got you into it? What, what, I mean, we've all got that, that why, yeah. why, what got you into that health thing? I mean, it's kind of, it's different for everybody. Yeah, I, for sure. And and you kind of learn that when you start meeting some of the people who, uh, who run the races. And, and I would say for me, it's, it's probably been the last five years or so that I've kind of dabbled with different, uh, different things to try and be healthy. About two years ago, I, I dropped a significant amount of weight. I mean, for me, it was significant. I had gone down from about 260 to, to close to 200. Um, and then I put a little more weight back on. And the way I did it was really just trying to, I mean, it's like the simple answer, right? Eat, eat right and exercise. Um, and I had a friend who was into road biking. Um, and so he, he said, oh, you should, you should do this bike, you know, this race with me, road bike race before didn't even own a road bike. I had to go out and buy a, uh, a road bike, I bought like a cheap Cannondale road bike and, uh, did this race and it about killed me. I mean, I was not, it was not a pleasant experience. Although when I was done, I felt pretty good. I'm like, oh, I was, it was great to accomplish something. Um, we ended up going and doing a, a something called the tour de donut and it was this thing in, it's, I think they still have it here in Utah, but you, you ride, you ride seven miles, you're on a team, ride seven miles, mm-hmm. eat as many donuts as you can, ride another seven miles, eat as many donuts as you can, and then you finish off with seven miles. And the goal is that for every donut you eat, you get time knocked off your, your, uh, your race. And our team ended up taking yeah. second place, which, you know, I... I don't know if that means we can just pound down more donuts than anyone else or, or what the case was, but you know, we started doing that and, uh, and it was fun. It was fun to like to actually win, um, something, right. Because I, I yeah. was actually doing something physical. So I started doing some, some biking, but then as life happens, I mean, this was probably in 20, 2012 or something like that. And then, and then we just started getting busy. And I remember, um, it was late 2012. I put some weight back on, um, or I'd put some weight on. I mean, I really lost the weight a couple of years ago, but I'd put some weight on and someone showed me a picture of myself and I was, I was really embarrassed just you know, standing there. I had my hand over my heart. We were doing like the, the national anthem for the U S and, and I said, man, I yeah. want to do something. And, and a friend of mine said, and she's actually um, related to, to, um, Oh, co- who, who, who won, um, the world championship in 2017 
when he. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyways, it was it was. I'm horrible about keeping track of that. Yeah, no, no. She she's related to to one of the the Spartan champions from from five or so years ago, and um and she said you should do a Spartan, and so we signed up for a a relay, and I don't even think Spartan does relays anymore. I've never seen it. Uh, this is in 2013. We signed up for a relay, and two yeah. weeks before the relay, they called uh they called me. And there actually was an email and they said, oh, we're not doing the relay at this race. So you can do a beast instead. And I'm, I have no idea. I'm like, okay, sounds good to me. And I think I made it like nine Come miles. On, let's get roped into it. Yeah, I made it like nine miles into the beast. I didn't really prepare for it. And I had to bow out and it, it really sucked. But it kind of, it was, it was damaging to, I don't know if it was my ego or what, but I didn't touch it for a while. It was early in 2019, yeah. a friend of mine. I found out she was running Spartan races. Her name is uh, Marie Rain. She's fantastic. She was running Spartan races. Her and her husband both do it, and that's how they met. And she goes, you should do it again. And it was just a spark. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll do it again. But this time it was different. It was like, if I'm really going to do something, I need to create some new habits. It's not just like one of these things where it's like, oh, I'll ride a race here. Or I'll run a race here. So I started buckling down and creating new habits and just forcing myself to do it and and. You know, it was hard. And then I ran um, my first, I would call it my real first Spartan race in Utah. Um, it was the Super here in 2019. And when I crossed the finish line, um, it was a fire, man. It was it was the hardest thing I'd done to date. And it was just, there was something about it. I was in tears and my wife was there. My, my son and my daughter were there. And my son's like, why is dad crying? This is weird. You know, but I was just, it was such a, a powerful experience for me. And, um, yeah. And so I, that was it. That, I mean, that was the spark. And as soon as that happened, I started signing up for other things. I did Tahoe, um, and, you know, knocked a bunch of time off of, off of my race. So I think my, my super race in Utah was, I was, had like an average of 39 minute miles. Um, and when I did Tahoe, it was down to 27 minute miles. And, and then I, I ran in Dallas and at uh, Glen Rose and I ran in, uh, in Laughlin, Nevada. And so in a matter of five months, I went from doing no Spartan races or no races to, I completed two trifectas. Um, and that, uh, that happened nice. in November of last November of last year. And so I, I'm on fire now. It's, it's, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And that, that's kind of how you hear it from most people is it's, you know, usually not the gap like you had, but most people take that first race and then they go for it. But most people, I don't think have that, you know, have to bow out in their first race. I was, I, I've only DNF'd one, um, but that was the worst feeling I think I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those ones I missed a time hack in Hawaii and um, we got pulled. So it was just kind of, you know, and a lot of people will say, and I mean, anyone who's listened to this knows that the, the one time I DNF, I had a broken foot. Oh yeah, and my foot was in a full, my foot was in a full Jeez. boot. So I probably, <laughs> yeah. So I probably shouldn't have gone for it, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to Hawaii anyway. I'm going for it. My doctor said as long as I didn't land on that foot, I would be fine. I'm like, cool, let's go for it. But it rained, and there was no traction. There's obviously no traction in a walking boot, so it was it was a little interesting. So, but yeah. still. I mean, it doesn't matter the reasoning, you know, and everyone kept trying to tell me, look at the reasoning. I'm like, no, I still DNF. You know, if yeah. my, if my athleticism would have been up, I think I could have gotten past it because it wasn't, I didn't miss the time hack by a lot. I missed the time hack by 30 seconds. Oh my gosh. So it was like, see, so that, yeah. Once you say the 30 seconds, it was like, oh, you know, and it was kind of like, I just missed it, you know? Right. So it was kind of, 
you know, it takes a lot out of you and you start going through your brain. What did, why did I fail? And yeah. for me, I was never going to say the broken foot. It was because I wasn't, you know, if I was physically like I should have been, I should have been able to get past that. Yeah. And that was yeah. what I, you know, I went through in my brain. So it's, it's hard. A DNF and, you know, stuff like that, you kind of look at it as, okay, I need to be better. I need to do better. And right. it's really good that, you know, you chose to come back and do more races. And now you've got that, that fire, you know, yeah. and that's what, that's it's awesome. It's interesting. Cause like the, the time missing the time cutoffs, um, I think with Tahoe, that was a real big fear for me because Tahoe was the first beast I'd done since the beast I had done back in 2013. And, and I knew the weather, what the weather was going to be like in Tahoe. And luckily I didn't race on Sunday when it was 23 degrees or whatever it was, but I did race on Saturday and halfway through the race, the, the snow came in on the second mountain and it started pounding on us and they were closing things down. We could hear the announcer in the festival area saying, take cover, major storm coming in. And we were watching it roll in. I've got video of me being on this mountain, watching the storm roll in. But that for me, it was, it was, a, I was afraid of, of missing those time cutoffs. Luckily I didn't. Yeah. Um, but it was, that was super empowering to be able to be on the mountain and to to finish that race in Tahoe because I know there were a lot of people who weren't able to finish just due to the weather. Yeah. Um, and so I was I was grateful for that and and doing the swim, which everyone was terrified of the swim at the top of Tahoe. Um, I can't imagine having done it on Sunday, but sat, even Saturday was was rough. Um, so yeah, it, it, and that's what I don't worry about it as much. But I, it, Tahoe, I remember being really worried about missing the time cutoff. Yeah. And it's one of those ones, I mean, that Hawaii race is the only one I've worried about, but I mean, it was one of those, like I said, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't moving quick enough, you know, partly because I wasn't, my athleticism wasn't where it should have been and all that. But, you know, and that's one thing I'm working on now is still trying to come back from that foot injury because I made some really bad decisions athletically after that, that, you know, kind of made me gain back a lot of my weight. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome though. I mean, in the, Tahoe is an interesting one. I've wanted to do Tahoe and this year I missed it because I did Hawaii again and I did all three in a weekend. Yeah. I'm doing and, that this, this year too. We're going to Hawaii. We've already got our yeah. place booked and everything, but yeah, that's Tahoe's fantastic. I mean, I, I love yeah, it. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Cause I did the trifecta in a weekend and something, I don't know what, because we were there for like four or five days beforehand. I like my whole body swelled up. to where like when I tried to put my shoes on on Saturday I couldn't I had to take my sock off my socks off because my feet wouldn't fit my shoes oh my gosh because they were so swollen but I'm like I'm doing this anyway (laughs) so I did the beast on Saturday and by the time I finished my feet were like literally bleeding so I had to have like the next morning my wife completely wrap my feet and you know bandage them so I could even go out and attempt the super And I finished the super. Yeah, I finished it. And then looked at my buddy and I'm like, I can't do this. I can, my, I'm done. And he's like, cool, let's go get our packets. I'm like, no dude, I'm done. Cool. Let's go get our packets. And by the time I knew what was happening, I was in the start line for the sprint. Like, okay, I guess I'm doing another one. So yeah, that's. I mean, I finished all three, but Oh, it's brutal. Crazy. I, you know, that's the, I think that's one of the things I actually do love about, um, OCR racing, uh, or OCR. Um, and Spartan is really the, the most exposure I've had, which is not a lot, but it's the most exposure I've had. I love the fact that you can be in, in pain, losing toenails. I mean, I've got like, I'm, I'm missing now, you know, tons of toenails. I'm, I'm missing like four toenails just from five months of, of running. Yeah. 
Um, but you can be in um, in pain, and while you're on the course, you can be thinking to yourself, "What? What am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Is crazy. What am I doing?" And you you're watching all the other people who are in pain, and then you finish, and you're like, "All right." Let's do it. Like, what's what's what next? You know, and maybe not immediately. Sometimes you finish and you're like, "Man, that sucked." Um, but almost always, within 24 hours, I'm ready to go again. Like, I'm ready. Like, what's the next one? I I'm itching for the next one, and and I've I have about 30 races planned this year, Spartan races. Um, nice. And I my first one is in Chino here in just a few weeks in California. We're we're driving out there. We're pretty close in Utah. We're driving out to Chino. Um, racing the super and the sprint over the weekend, and then we're taking the kids to Disneyland. So, like, like nice. That's that's the the craziness of I think OCR is that it gets in your blood. Yeah. Um, like any major event like this, where you really start getting into it, and it's all you think. It's all I think about. All I think about is like, when's the next time I can get out? When's the next time I can carry a sandbag? When's the next time I can put myself in that kind of position again? Yeah. It's just crazy. I know. I know. The one thing I would say is because I did this and made this mistake my first year was, and you're doing it the right way right now is I did a couple races where literally like I flew down, did the race, got on a plane and flew right back. That burns you out quick. Um, I found, especially with a wife and kids is it's, I tried to make at least a somewhat of a vacation out of every trip. Yeah. That's smart. So that, you know, everybody that, you know, that way I wasn't getting burned out. And, you know, and I will tell you the worst feeling in the world is to go down and do, cause I did it in Vegas the first year I ran the super literally finished the race, got in the car, drove back to the airport and then got on a plane and flew home. And when your legs are pretty much cramping, cause you just did a super through the sand and you're on a plane, it's not very comfortable. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's, that's crazy. So yeah, we try and make a, a vacation out of every trip. Like when we go to Hawaii, we usually try and be there for, you know, four or five days before and four or five days after, you know, Vegas, we usually try and take that Monday, Tuesday and, you know, go to Vegas and actually have some fun, do some gambling, whatever, and just make it, you know, make each trip fun. So yeah. 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 Well, and the, the great thing about, um, my daughter ran her for Spartan kids at Laughlin, um, mm-hmm. and they're my son's um, working up to try and do a sprint. He's a, he's a big kid, six, three and he's 15. I mean, he's a big kid, yeah. but uh, my daughter, she's, she's all over it. I mean, she, she ran the, the Spartan kids in Laughlin. She's running in Chino again, the Spartan kids. Um, we went to the festival the day before, like they do on Friday and she was doing the multi-rig. I mean, this, this girl's crazy. So that, that's another reason I'm, in love with this is that it's actually making an impact or having an impact on my family too, and, and helping them, um, which is awesome. Want to do that as well. And yeah. And that's an amazing feeling. Cause I know my son, he's 17. He got his, he did his first Spartan at 14. Um, and unfortunately I missed it. I was, I was there, but I wasn't able to race. Cause that's when my foot was like completely broken. They're like, I couldn't even walk without crutches. So he actually did a race. He took, I transferred my race to him so that he could do it. Um, but then the last two years he's actually got trifectas that's amazing so so cool so he's done yeah yeah he's done trifectas the last two years so because luckily here in washington we get or in seattle we get a super a sprint and then a beast in a sprint so and you can go to watch shoot there's another you know portland that you can go down to which drivable and do right. another sprint so yeah. so we can do you know a full trifecta here you know in our home state so that's great yeah so in this next year, actually for graduation, he's going to Hawaii with us. So, but I only think he's doing one race in Hawaii because yeah, he doesn't want to. Yeah, 
<laughs> he doesn't want to go for the full trifecta in a weekend. He's like, you're crazy, Dad. I'm not doing it. So Yeah. Um, that's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, I think he's going to do the Super in Hawaii because he doesn't want to do the Super in Seattle because the Seattle Super is a little wet. That's what I hear. I'm and cold. Uh, it's on my list, and so I'm hoping to make it out there. I, I spent some time in Washington State, and so I'm, I'm very familiar with uh, with how wet it gets there. But um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get out there at least for one of the Seattle races. Yeah, I was gonna say that it's really weird because they do it in the same location in April and in September, and there'll be places in April that are like chest deep water that you're going through, and then in September it's a dry riverbed. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's like there's times. There's been a couple years where our super times have been slower than our beast times. Because the weather makes that big of a change that we've been able to do the so wet. faster. That's crazy. Yeah, it's so wet during the super. There's video of a guy swimming through the barbed wire crawl because it had rained so much that there was enough water that you could swim through the barbed wire crawl. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This last year, there was a lot of issues of hypothermia. So, and a lot of people had issues and complained about it. And I'm one that some people don't agree with me. I'm like, that's to me is just another obstacle. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like you train. It's either training or gear to get you past it. So, all right. And now we're going to take a quick pause so we can hear from our sponsors. Like what you hear? Make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're using YouTube, please click the little red subscribe icon, then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes. And if you could give us a thumbs up and we're back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about prepping. I mean, you talk about the DNF, no one wants the DNF, but I, I you know, yeah. sometimes that's the best instruction you can have is, you know, you go to talk or you go somewhere where, I mean, you saw North Carolina probably, what was it a few oh, months yeah. ago, maybe a month ago that that was like swimming through the whole course. I mean, it was so yep. wet. So you, those are instructional moments where you can say, okay, this didn't work for me this time. And maybe you don't even DNF. Maybe you still finish it, but you finish it with a really long time or you finish it in yep. more pain than you maybe used to be in. And you say, next time I'm going to do this next time. And that's, that's another part of the craziness of, of OCR is that the number of hours I've spent studying shoes and socks and, oh, yeah. and um, studying, you know, what kind of pack do I want to take on my back? Do I want to take it? You know, this, okay, the first time I remember I I did in Laughlin, I actually ran my first time without having a, a water pack. Because um, I wanted to say, okay, well, it's, it's just a sprint, you know, it's three, four miles, whatever it is. And I guess they're standardized now, but, you know, I think it ended up being yeah. about four or four and a half miles. And I ran it without the, without the pack. And that was, it was good. It was a good ex- instructional time for me to be able to say okay how far can i go without needing to have a drink of water especially where i'm new in it and and still trying to kind mm-hmm. of dial in what what's my you use the word athleticism where, where's my athleticism at today and and how am i doing you know with my health today so that i can make sure i'm, I'm optimizing the time i'm on the course you know oh yeah and that's just it it's figuring out your, your own level that's why i see all the time on the facebook pages because you got west coast spartans and all those and you see people all the time like should i bring a pack or not and you're like that's you you yeah. know for me i i've my athleticism hasn't been where it should be so for me on a on a sprint a lot of times i will take a pack because i know you know it can take me a little longer than it should but having a pack is something that, you know, works for me. But for someone, if you're going to finish in a half an hour, you probably don't need a pack. 
Yeah. You know, all uh, of those questions. It's, that it's I really individual. Those, yeah, it's the same type of thing. I mean, I, I think I saw a question on the, on the West Coast Spartans that said, someone was saying, hey, my friend, wants, I'm trying to convince them to do a Spartan, and, you know, could they do it without doing any training? And you have all these answers of different things, and the reality is, I guess it de- it depends on the person. Like I do, I've seen yeah. people go and they're like, I didn't train, and then they run it and they do fine. But if you yeah. never run anything before and you're going out there, it's going to be a hell of a race for you. It's going to be a hard time for you because you just it you is. know you're just not prepared for what's it out there. So it's all individual. Yeah, because I mean, it's sure. like I went down. I did Los Olivos in December. And I'll be honest, right now, because of bad decisions and just some other things, I'm almost, honestly the biggest I've ever been right now. And I went and did Los Olivos, and it took me, I think I was out there seven and a half hours. But for me, I mean, I hate to say this, that's kind of how my body's trained now. Yeah. Is I'm, I'm an endurance runner, basically, where I can go out. I've been on a beast course for 12 and a half hours because a partner got hurt, and we just kept going and, you know, made sure they finished. So my body's gotten used to that, like the grind. I'm good at the grind. I'm not good at going running fast. I'm good at the slow, the the turtle pace, slow and steady. And I'm going to finish. I'm just not going to finish fast, yeah. you know? So it really depends on the person, but most people look at me and be like, yeah, you're not in the right shape to do this. And I'm like, really technically I probably should be in better shape, but right now my body is basically trained to do that. I did a full marathon in June at 275 pounds. Yeah. Well, that's the, and it that's took the me beauty of eight. Yeah. It took me so, eight hours, but I finished it. Yeah. You know, but it's one of those, I'm this, that's the way my body's designed now. I need to fix that. But yeah, you know, I was going to say, that's the beauty yeah. of, of run your own race. I mean, that's another thing I, 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 I think if there's something I want to try and instill in people who are trying to figure out if they, if they want to race or if they should even do this is, is kind of tearing down the mysticism of, of the, of the Spartan race and saying, look, yeah. um, you, you need to individually make this decision for yourself and go out and do the best you can because you're not in, con- unless you're, you know, Lindsay Webster, Ryan Atkins, you're not in competition with anybody else. And, and even no. then, I mean, I, I've, I've had a few conversations with Lindsay and she, she's still in competition with herself. Yes. She's running yeah. against other people and trying to, to get that placement. Right. And this is their full-time job. You know, they're going out and doing this type of their athletes. But for most people out there, you're in competition with yourself. And so there's, if you're out there and you're doing the best you can and you're, you're running your own race, that's why there's an open race, right? Um, yeah. You've got to go out there and become better every day, not because you're trying to prove something to anyone else, but because you're trying to become better as yourself. And that's, for me, been the biggest driver is um, I, I want to push myself. I want to become better every single time I get on the course, every single time I go out there to run. Can I do it faster, better, stronger? Um, am I going to learn something new, different? You know, what are the challenges I'm going to face this time that I didn't face last time because the terrain is different or because the weather is different or because I did or didn't prepare the way I should or whatever it might be. Yeah. Every one of those things is is a me thing. It's not an anyone else thing. And when I cross the finish line, it's not for anyone else. It's not for a medal for sure. It's not for anyone else. It's so that I can say, okay, I did it again. I did it again. Yeah. And uh, and next time I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to do that differently. And that's been, been a huge driver for me. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. It's one of those, you know, like I've done races like Los Olivos. Some people know, some people don't. I dislocated my shoulder three times during the race. Um, I've had problems with my shoulder. I thought I'd, I thought I'd fix it by shrinking my shoulders, but I haven't been working on my upper body for the last 
couple months and I, I apparently wasn't strong in that left shoulder and I dislocated it. So there's a couple obstacles that I, I, I don't want to say skipped, but I went by and I did, you know, I did squats because you know how hard it is to do a burpee when your shoulder's dislocated. It doesn't work very well. Um, but I did something, you yeah. know, and that's one of the things I see a lot of times, you know, people arguing about if you're not going to do it right, don't do it. And it's like, I get that, but we're in the open heat. Yeah. We're trying to be better than we were. Yeah. We're trying to, you know, do the best that we can. Sometimes that means we're not going to be able to do the same as you, but I'm not competing against you. Like you said, I'm competing yeah. against me. Yeah, we should I want to never be able to walk be, away with this. We should never be discouraging yeah. people from doing it. I mean, that, that's the craziest thing yeah. I've ever heard or read. I, I do see that occasionally. It's like, well, if you're not going to do it right, don't do it. Bull crap. But you never discourage yeah. someone from, from doing something that's going to better no. them, like getting them off the couch, getting them off of you know, playing video games, whatever it is that they're they're struggling with, or or maybe they're not even struggling with something, but they want to be healthier. Um, if a person's yeah. willing to go out there, man, I will sit with, I will run with them all all day long um, to help them overcome what they need to overcome. And that's that's a in in um, the first one we did this year. I took a couple of my employees with me, and um, you know, it took us to do the super. It took us six six and a half hours, something like that, um, which is a yeah. you know, that's a long super. By the yeah. someone who's potentially you know in a lot better shape than I am, but part of it was us working together to get through it, you know, and, and yeah. encouraging each other, and and you know, making sure that we we could all go together, and and we stood at the top of the the mountain here in, in Utah at, uh, at it was Mount Ogden, and the views were incredible, and there's no you know that's the most rewarding way to get that view is by by busting your ass getting up the mountain and yeah. and uh and actually earning the view you know but it was it was a team effort for sure and and um and it doesn't matter what anyone else says you should or shouldn't if you're going to run age group you're going to run elite for sure there are absolutely there are rules you've got to follow um to make sure that everyone's running on a, a level playing field but in open you know you your job is to to help yourself become better and to to learn and if you have to do squats instead of burpees because you because you dislocated your shoulder like you did fine you know i'll be the one here cheering you on um rather than degrading you for for doing something different than what maybe i think you should be doing i don't know that's kind of silly yeah no i mean you shouldn't i mean it's one of the things like you you made the comment about the medals and it's one of those things and i was thinking about this the other day i have a wall that i've hung up all my medals on this wall and it's my metal wall and it's like you know kind of in my workout area and i think about the other day and i'm like it's not really about those though. Right. It's about the memories. Yeah. Because I can pick up every one of those medals and I can't tell you because not to sound bad, a Spartan medal is a Spartan medal. <laughs> I know how many I have, you know, that I got in 2015. Well, actually that's not a bad year. Cause I got three in there. I know exactly where all three of them came from because they're all different lengths, but like 2019, I got three trifectas. So I can't tell you where any of them came from except for the Hawaii ones. Cause they have the Hawaii lanyard, but I can tell you memories from every single one of those races. That's so right. you can take all of these medals and burn them and do whatever with them, but you can never take the memories that I've made with my team and my teammates and, you know, that I've done knowing that I've bettered myself on these races. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well said. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what are your plans for this year? I know you said you're planning on doing like 30 races, but what, so are you going for how many trifectas? Well, the goal is 10 uh, trifectas. Nice. That's my personal goal. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I don't have any, I'm not competing with anybody, but 
Um, that for me is, is what I'd like to do now, of course, as you probably well know, these, you know, getting to these races is expensive. I I think we'd initially planned on going to Greece, um, for the trifecta world championship. And, and we had to back off on that because uh, we're doing Hawaii instead. And we're, you know, there's, I created this whole map of, okay, what am I doing? What am I, what am I doing it? And, and we have a plan for that, but my goal is to do, to do 10 trifectas, but probably Maybe I should even like it probably even more than my goal of doing 10 trifectas. My goal is to, is to every opportunity I have, um, be on the course if I can. Be. Um, and yeah. so if I can afford it and if I can be there and, and I got the, I purchased the, um, the open season pass for that very reason. Right. Very and, nice. Um, making sure that I can, I don't have to worry about at least that portion of, of the cost of being there. But, um, really, if we boil it down to more personally, what my goals are is, uh, I, I still have in my mind, some weight to lose. Um, this is for me, mm-hmm. right? I still have some, yeah. some areas of focus that I need to focus, uh, to work on, you know, my, um, my ability to do pull-ups, you know, is, is pretty limited at this point. I, I think I can do five unassisted pull-ups and of course this time last year I could do zero. So, you know, it's moving forward, but I, I've got goals around being able to do more, um, locked in um arm and shoulder work and so uh each one of these spartan pieces is a, a way for me to gauge you know have i have i come further on this particular thing um in laughlin i ran my first clean race uh ever you know which nice. is not much it's like i've got six races under my belt but i i ran my first clean race it was a sprint and um, i was able to you know, across the finish line and say, man, okay, I did every single obstacle, but there are obstacles that weren't in the sprint that were in the super on Saturday that I couldn't finish. I couldn't do the twister. You know, I couldn't finish twister. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what that, uh, the cargo 2.0, I still fall on my back every time I try that cargo 2.0 because I, getting up on that shelf is just killer for me. And so figuring out yeah, how to do that and how to get myself in a position where I can do that, um, and I'm still probably 50, 50 on the rope climb. Like sometimes I get to the rope climb and I'm able to do it. And sometimes I get to it. And it's just like, no matter what I do, no matter how I try, I can't, I can't get up the rope. And so it's really about, um, every race trying to better myself on, on specific things. Because when I look at the obstacles in an OCR, um, you could look at every single obstacle and then apply it to some other obstacle in life. And that's how I see the, um, obstacle course racing in general is that it's a, it's a great, teacher and it's great instructional ground for um for how you face obstacles in life whether they be the addictions or whether they be um depression or anxiety or um or just even like obstacles you might face at work you're struggling with a, with an employee or with your boss or with the job you have um when when i started these races i remember i had a, a one-on-one meeting with my boss about three months into this and he said and, and I, didn't, I hadn't been talking to him about the fact that I was doing the races. I was just doing them on the weekends. And he said, something different about you because you just seem like more calm and more at peace. And you don't seem like you're as anxious anymore. And he, he was absolutely right. I hadn't really thought about it or considered it. But I thought once I sat down and actually looked back, I'm like, well, yeah, because all my effort, you know, every, every ounce of effort I would have put into being anxious or put into being frustrated at work or being frustrated with circumstances, all that effort being put into this partner races. And so by the time I get to work, 
I'm too exhausted to, to worry about the things that I used <laughs> to worry about. And yeah. I ended up being much more calm at work. And what it did is it increased my productivity at work, increased my level of, of peace uh, about the work I was doing and the job I was doing. Um, because this focus of, of making myself better in these other areas of my life, helping me overcome obstacles in, in the everyday things that I was doing, raising a family and having a job and trying to live normal life. Right? So that's yeah. one of the greatest benefits of having done these OCRs. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's one of those things I think OCR racing, and I've talked to a few people about this, is it teaches you, I think we all inherently, unfortunately, we learn from a young age to look at obstacles like, oh God, this is in my way. What am I going to do about it? And sit down and cry about it. Where obstacle course racing teaches us to rather look at it as an obstacle as being a problem is look at it as a challenge of, okay, there's this obstacle. How do I get by it? Right. What do I have to do personally to get through this? And I think, you know, once you've done a, some OCRs, you start looking at life that way. Yep, absolutely. Like an obstacle is just, it's an opportunity to come up with a way to get by it, not a reason to, you know, to get all forked up and fret about it. It's just figure it out. Yes. And, I, and that's what I love about OCR yes. and the community. I mean, OCR communities, you know, between, you know, I'm a member of BOCR, you know, I also race all the time with you know, Warrior State of Mind. So I deal with, you know, community in OCR is what's what I find amazing. So it's been incredible. Yeah. yeah I mean, we could we'd probably do a whole podcast on just the community. Do you like the BeastNet? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and more at Beastnet Pod. I keep going back to these ones because they're the only only examples I have. But when I was running Tahoe, yep, um, it was on the second mountain. And by the way, like if you've run Tahoe before, if you have any listeners, listeners who've run it before, um, it's basically the same course I think around the last few years. Um, they just change a few configurations, but you go up this the first mountain and. It's pretty intense. I mean, for me, it was super intense. It was, you go up the mountain, it's about 2,000 vertical feet of gain, and you do some obstacles at the top of the mountain, you know, at 8,600 feet or whatever it is, and then you roll down, and you hit about the eight-mile mark when you come back down from the mountain. And I remember coming down thinking, how on earth am I going to run through the festival area and then do another mountain? It's about basically another 2,000 feet of gain on the second mountain as well. And... Mm-hmm. Spartan had put these little signs out throughout the course of of um, this is the World Championship. They put you know some extra signs out. They had quotes on them, and the, one of the last quotes on that first mountain was, "You run the first mountain with your uh, legs, and you run the second one with your mind." I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, okay, I can do this." Like right, so I was pushing myself through up on the second mountain that's when the storm rolled and it was hailing and it was pelting us with hail and the temperature dropped and i came around the corner and there was mm-hmm. a guy guy squatting um his name is derek there's a guy squatting and he's no shirt on and it's like his skin is just red right because he's getting pelted with hail um and i'm like dude this is the coolest thing i think you've ever seen can i take a picture i said i, I promise i'm like i'm you know like this picture it's not it's not for me it's, it's more like just because it's so cool yeah and so we started talking i took his picture and i shared it with him we became friends on instagram and um that when you're on the course and you see people overcoming extreme obstacles or when you help someone overcome something or when you're running and someone's cramping up and you share a salt with them or when yep. you know, someone's puking and you're patting them on the back you can do this like that's where the the 
connections start to be made and you want more of that, right? You, everyone wants to be in a community, whether it's OCR or anywhere else, where they feel like, one, they're not being judged. Two, they've got people who have their back. And nowhere have I ever been in a community where I felt more supported than when I'm actually out on the course running a race. And so I hear about these things like West Coast Sport and Facebook page where people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't do this. You should. I have experienced that actually on the course. What I've experienced is the opposite. I've experienced nothing just support and kindness and and people being willing to, to cheer one another on. Um, I love it when people who maybe ran into the elite heat or who ran in a um, an age group heat come back on the court and they're running with you and they're cheering you on. I just like that feeling yeah. of community and that feeling of connectedness is really unlike anything else I've ever experienced. Oh yeah, that's amazing. And it's one of those things that I mean, really saying that like you know that that second mountain is with your mind is I completely agree with that. I've been on those courses where you hit a point where your body's already done and it's pretty much your mind saying, okay, no, you're not. We're going to keep going. And I've been there on a couple courses. You know, I don't know if you've listened to the episodes I talked about like 2015, I or not 15, 2016, I did the, the Montana race and two friends got hurt. We kept pushing two and a half hours on the course and it was brutal. But it was, by the time I finished, it wasn't physical anymore. That was mental. Yeah. Um, I've done the very first marathon I did in 2017 took me over nine and a half hours and everybody that I raced with, you know, because of medical reasons had dropped, dropped out, didn't go. And I'm like, I told myself I'd finish by my 40th birthday, my 40th birthday is next week. So I have to do this marathon or I'm never going to make that goal. Yeah. So I just kept pushing myself. And by the time I finished, it was like I said, nine and a half hours, but most of that was mental because it got to a point like, you know, my body was like, you're done. You need to stop now. And my, my mind's like, no, I'm finishing this, you know, and that's, that's a very interesting place to be, you know, where your body's done and it's like, you're done. And your mind's like, no, I'm not, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and it takes, it's, it takes some pushing. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah it's, I definitely understand that one. My wife calls it digging deep. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of going beyond the surface of, of who you are and finding that ounce of strength that you need to, to keep moving and, and staying, um, you know, in fact, our, the CEO for the company I work for, I work for a company called Workrunt. Um, the CEO, he, his kid turned 14. He takes them on a 14er, like he takes them in as a 14,000 foot hike, one of the 14 er mm-hmm. And he tells a story about, you know, doing this hike with his son and his son is just like, I can't keep going. And then what you say is, you know, all you got to do is if you see that tree over there, let's get to that tree. And then we can sit down hard, you know, and make a decision at that point. Let's get to the tree. And so they get to the tree and they sit down. And he's like, I just don't think I can go on dad. And he says, okay, well, we're here. You see that rock over there? Let's just get to that rock. When we get to the rock we can sit down hard and decide if we keep going. And so they do that. And eventually you find yourself at the top of the mountain, right? That's what's going to happen. And, and so anytime you're out running, anytime you're out doing some kind of activity, whether it be a Spartan or whether it be um, a Thoros race or, or even just like a marathon like you have run, uh, I think that you will always reach the point where you're ready to, to be done. Um, and mm-hmm. for sure, if you're, if you're going to, if, if you're going to damage yourself beyond repair, are all, there's always a time where you're going to go yeah. out, right? There's always a time where you got to, so I'm not saying you push yourself through injury. What I'm saying more is, is that if it's not kind of a, a career ending injury, um, that you should always hit 
point at yourself, okay, I'm here now. Where else can I go? I mean, I, I'm convinced that part of the reason to have the little arrow signs too is it gives me another marker, right? In these races, yeah. just, okay, there's another arrow sign. I got to get to that arrow sign. Okay, there's that. I just got to get mm-hmm. to that, right? Um, and so, and that's that it. takes that takes digging deep, though. It takes being having that, that internal conversation with yourself or or Marie, the the gal who kind of got me back into the OCR. She says sometimes I yell at my legs. I'm like, you got this, legs. Come on, you can do this, you know. And so you look like a crazy person yelling at your body parts, but um, whatever you got to do to dig deep and find that motivation, you do that. Oh yeah, you're better because you you it's like you unlock additional stamina, you unlock additional, um, uh, you know, endurance and ability to do things that you didn't think possible before. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those things, and I completely agree. And one thing is that I like how you, you paraphrase that with, uh, as long as it's not like a career-ending injury, because that was one of my biggest problems for you, was trying to decide, okay, is this injury bad enough that I need to stop? Right. You know? And it was, you know, a couple of years ago, I think in Montana, again, I, I, I race, I love Montana. So I go there a lot. Um, <laughs> I love that, of course, but I, uh, I tore a muscle in my bicep and in my pectoral muscle halfway through the race and just kept going. And the next morning I was supposed to do, um, the sprint and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll be good. It'll be good. And then I woke up the next morning and like my right boob was like twice as big as my left. And I'm like, huh. And I think that was the first time in my life. I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this race. Yeah. And yeah. I chose to medically just back myself out. Cause I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, there's obviously I've done some damage and I need to step back medically and not do this. Right. And that I think is, is the hardest thing to do when you have all these plans, you know, it's like, I'm going to get this many, you know, like you said, 10 trifectas, but then, you know, you've got to still remember in your brain that if all of a sudden in June, you, you pull a muscle in your, your leg or something, you've got to, you know, have that wherewithal to say, okay, my, my plan is coming the way I wanted it to. I need to modify it. This. And that was the hardest thing for me to do was to be like, this was my goal. Now I've done something screwed up, you know, and I would push myself to continue and I've had major injuries because of that. Yeah. You know, one of the best, I, I, I lost 80 pounds or about 80 pounds in 2010. And I was doing a half marathon, something in my knee. And I'm like, I'll be fine. I finished it. And then two weeks later, another one. <laughs> and halfway through that marathon, that half marathon, my knee just gave out. Yeah. And then I wasn't able to run for almost a year. And suddenly I went from, you know, 80 pounds lost to I gained back all of it yeah. because I chose, I knew I was injured. I went anyway. So it's really hard to get that, that injury brain going. For sure. I, I you, maybe you saw this video that Joe did going put out. Um, I mean, he put out videos every day, content every day. But one of the ones was he, he talked about, um, this this why you, you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast you know what's your yep. why he says if your why if your purpose in life if you're if you're you know you're hiking Everest and you're a hundred feet from the top of Everest and and a storm rolls in you need to evaluate your why if your purpose in life is to be yeah. the best father that, that there ever was and to be you know a provider and all these things then it's time for you to go down from the mountain even though you're a hundred feet from the top um, if you're gonna risk you know, damaging your why, 
it's time for you to, to go down from the mountain and race. But if your why is to be the best mountain climber that ever lived, and that is your why, then maybe you push through to the to the peak of the mountain. Right? Everyone has to evaluate that for themselves and just determine, you yeah. know, is this a career-ending injury? Or is this going to damage my ability to actually complete the, my why? Or, um, mm-hmm. yeah, or is, it, or is it something that uh, that I can keep going on? Yeah, that's just it. It's one of those things you have to remember that, you know, you can always race another day. Right. You know, it's like this year, my goal was three trifectas, and I had to have hernia surgery two days before I was supposed to do Montana. So I'm like, okay, I'll defer Montana and I'll do Tahoe. Then I did Hawaii. In Hawaii, I destroyed my feet so bad that I was like, I need to let them heal, and Tahoe's too close. Right. So I'm like, okay, I needed to defer Tahoe. And then I'm like, well, I still have to do one this year. So I deferred it to Los Olivos. And that's how I ended up doing Los Olivos. Right. Because it was the last option I had to still get the three times trifecta. Did my plan go the way it was at the beginning of the year? No. But I still made my goal without permanently destroying my body. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That, you, you know. adjusted. You adjusted. Yeah. Sometimes you got to adjust. Sometimes, you know, I, I two. 16 my goal was to be trifectus i broke my foot i ended up with two mm. it, you know it happened i still did what i could so right and that's like don't key. give up just a test right that's the key is that is that it's that's why we say you know the goal is, is i'm trifectus it's like well yeah the goal is 10 but but there has to be almost a goal beyond medals or a goal beyond that yeah. right and it's the goal is i become better every time i race and that's the goal yeah. the goal is do i am i going to finish this race better than when I started it. Maybe not, maybe I won't feel better. I mean, usually after a race, I feel like shit, but like, am I going to yeah. is it going to help me be better the next time? Oh yeah. Well, it's like, you know, for me, I had someone ask me recently, you know, because you know, the new year, they're like, what is your, what's your resolution for the year? Like my resolution for this year is to end 2020 better than I ended 2018. There you go. What does that mean? It just means that I'm going to be better in some way, better financially, better mentally, better physically. I just want to be better, you know, and it's, I think people put minutes strain on, oh, it's, you know, New Year's, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then when it doesn't go quite right, they just give up. Yeah, that's right. So I think it's better just to say, I'm going to be better and then come up with ways to be better. And just try and be better. My one of my good friends, Jesse, his saying all the time is always forward. And yeah. I've stolen that from him because that's become my motto for life. I swear I'm gonna get it tattooed like my <laughs> arm so I can look at it. But it just is always forward. Just keep moving forward. Yeah, like, motion is still forward it. motion, right? I mean it yep. people think sometimes forward motion has to look a certain way, but forward motion is still forward no. motion. Up, I mean, son, true failure is not continuing. Right? Um, not you can go and fail a, a test, or you can go and fail a race. You know, quote unquote fail. But the only real failure is in saying, "Okay, I'm done. I'm not going to." So you know, whatever it is in your life that you you're trying to accomplish, forward motion is still forward motion. Oh, it is, and that's just. I mean, you you take every every you know quote unquote failure. And if you turn it into a lesson, then it's not a real failure. Right. You know, if you use it as, you know, something to drive you forward to do it again, like, okay, I didn't pass this test this time, but I didn't pass because of this, 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 and this. Now I need to work on that and I can pass next time. That's right. You know, and that's the way I look at it. So a failure is never a failure if you use it as, as fuel to get you going forward. So yeah, that's great. 
That's great. All right. Well, we're we're coming up on the hour mark. So, um, what would you like to say to the listeners in closing? Yeah, I, I mean, one, I just am, I'm glad that I have um, an opportunity to to talk and to kind of share my passion. I I, I think that um, the secondary passion, or maybe even equally as as passionate about improving myself is helping others improve as well. And yeah, I think that there are people probably listening to this, um, or you may know someone who, if you're listening to this, you may know someone who, um, is struggling, they're struggling with, you know, self-image or struggling with anxiety or depression or, or some addiction. And I would say that, that you can be a, um, a catalyst to help others or to help yourself, um, overcome those things. And I, I think that anybody can go out and do, um, something like a, a, a Spartan rant. I think it does. You don't have to be a certain body size or weight. You don't have to be a certain certain level of, of income. You don't have. I mean, I, I know Spartan races are getting expensive, but like you know, they you are. can find a way. And if even if it's not a Spartan race, if it's just simply standing up and saying, "I'm going to walk around the block today," and that's that's all you can yep. do, that's fine. Like, and and so my passion really is helping other people recognize that with themselves, recognize that that every one of us has a spark inside of us. And my, my Instagram is fueled by the day. And the reason I chose that name, it was intentional, right? It was not just like, Oh, this is what's available. It's because it, the, the very fact that we have a day in front of it, it was my birthday yesterday. And <clears throat> someone texted me. It was a cousin. Happy birthday. I said, oh, yeah. That's why I told you, I really wanted to get this, the, the accolades for my birthday, but I had a cousin text me and say, um, are you, are you happy today because it's your birthday or one of those things that depresses you? And my response was, well, um, every day is a blessing, you know, and she says, okay, well, yeah. you know, that's one of those stupid things that people say. Is that really true? I said, well, no, I mean, every day can be painful too, but it's not mutually exclusive. Just because every day is painful doesn't mean that you can't look at every day as, a, as an opportunity and a blessing. And um, fueled by the day is really about, is about taking what we have in front of us the great blessing that we're able to wake up and look uh, another day in the eye and we take that that blessing of time you know and we let it fuel the things that we do on a daily basis the decisions we make and if we didn't quite make it today guess what we another day the sun's gonna rise again that's one of those things we know the sun's gonna come up again we're gonna have another day we we shouldn't say oh well i screwed up and so i'm done no you have another day the chance to stand up and to be incrementally better. And um, I guess it's a little long-winded, but what I really would love your listeners to know is that is that you have within you amazing potential and power to do great things. And, and if it doesn't look like others think it might look like, even movement forward, like we were talking about, any willingness to do something different than you did before is is progress. And, um, and I, I just am passionate about that. I'm passionate Really, these last five months um, have opened up a whole new world for me in terms of not only helping myself, but helping others recognize that within themselves. That's awesome. Yeah, it's all about, you know, not helping yourself, like you said, it's helping people. So that's awesome. And um, once again, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for for being on this episode with me and, and talking with me. So, yeah, and I hope to meet you. I hope to meet you personally at one of these races. So, I know the first race I'm doing this year is Vegas. So, I'll be Vegas. I'll meet you at one of them. Let's All make right. sure I will be there and uh, talk. So, thanks so much for the opportunity. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Beastnet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. 
like, and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beat OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastsOCR.org.